Boom. I'm Bodo. Welcome back to Reboot Biblical Perspective, the one and most unique podcast where we approach the New Testament, identifying the misguided westernized perspectives given and given context to the New Testament via the lens of the scriptures with informed commentary on the perspective of the authors of the text, verified of course by our pragmatic and experimental research under the Zane K. International Institute of Pneumatology. I am, as per usual, your host, Zane Fuego, the Christ Pneumatologist. And co-hosting, of course, is the lovely... The lovely Ketura Bartholomew, your Christian woman personal developmental coach, also known as the Lioness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's plenty to remember. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, so as we covered last, actually on our previous episode, we covered John chapter 3. We had a look at what it means when it says God is with you. Yeah, and we shared some really, really insightful facts, information, stuff that can guide you to walking in union with God. Yeah, that, 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 that session that we covered there would definitely be something that should wake them up. Wake up to your reality. Exactly. In today's episode... We are going to have a look at John chapter 3. The part 2 to this is, what does it really mean to be born again? Mm. So as per usual, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And then actually today we're going to have a look at the message translation to complement what we'll be explaining, expanding on today. Okay. All right. So let's rule. To give some more context, I'll start from verse 1. Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, member of the Sanhedrin among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do, unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Physical is merely physical, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds. But you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, when yeah. we read this, when we read this particular excerpt, um, in the so again, we are, we must identify the Westernized perspective, and so when people read this excerpt, the general consensus amongst the Westernized Christianity, the general idea in this Western Christianity is that being born of the water and of the Spirit has something to do with water baptism. 
Yes, I've heard that. They commonly refer to that as water baptism and then being born of the Spirit is commonly related to baptism of the Spirit with the baptism, the water baptism. So are you saying that they believe that there are two types of baptism you have to receive? In some in some circles, yes. In oh, some that's circles, interesting. in some circles, it's 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 believed that once we once someone is baptized by water, then they have to go and get the baptism of the spirit after. Wow, rather I, interesting. It is interesting because they are occurrences in the New Testament that contradicts that perspective, such as with regards to Cornelius. Okay. Wise waiting, wise listening to Peter explain the happenings with regard to Yeshua on Jesus and what Jesus told them when he resurrected and what Jesus did. Cornelius and his family began to speak in tongues. And then Peter said, then Peter asked them, then Peter sent them to get baptized by water. So it was that 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 incident as well as well I'm not gonna to refer to I'm telling you but that incident in particular contradicts the whole argument that there is a water baptism that must take place first. Mm-hmm. This is just the westernized Christian perspective that has no root in scripture. It's there is a borrowing or a westernized approach, a westernized perspective to the text that robs the reader of what the scripture is really referring to. Okay. Now, one of the versions, just as you rightfully stated earlier on, one of the versions that we can look at that gives context to that is the Message Bible. So let's let's go across to the Message Bible because as you know, all of these things that John is referring to and these New Testament writers are referring to go straight back to scripture. They are really re- yeah. reflecting their perspective of scripture. And which is usually very much intertwined with the Genesis narrative and what the Genesis narrative is about. So let's read it in the Message Bible and see what it says. Okay. Right, so Flo, Proverbs 1. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one can easy, do all easy. the good pointing. Easy, easy. Let's read it slow now. We don't want to to miss what we're trying to show them. Easy, easy. No one can do all the God pointing. God revealing acts you do if God weren't on it. Jesus said, You're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I am pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can. And anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up. You can't be a mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that. A body you can look at and touch. 
But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. Mm. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone, born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nice. So, what we see here is the Message Bible gives more specificity mm-hmm. to what this being born of water and spirit is about. Right? Which means Jesus is drawing from the Genesis narrative again. <laughs> That's and notice that you know. Let's go, let's see what it says. Right. So if we go to Genesis narrative, let's go across to Genesis. Let me just open up Genesis here. So the Message Bible clearly says it says it it makes reference to the fact here. Um. It says Jesus said, "You're not listening." Let let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, notice it says the original creation. So it's really referring to the original creation, which is Adam, the original uh-huh. tree of life, Adam here. The wind hovering over the water creation. You see what I'm saying? The wind yeah. hovering over the water creation, which is referring to the spirit hovering, um, so hovering over the surface of the water moving over the surface over the surface of the waters or fluttering over the surface of the waters so let's go to genesis and take a look at that go to genesis 1 and then we get some context to what jesus is saying so we in genesis chapter 1 let me just switch my version here to amplified and for those of you listening to this, join me in Genesis chapter one. Let's let's take a look at this and see where you can make your exit from the westernized perspective of this is referring to being baptized by water. <laughs> so first of all, it says this is in Genesis chapter one, verses three. It says, sorry, verse two. It says the earth was formless and void, while waste and emptiness and darkness is upon the face of the deep, the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. The Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Which means that when Jesus says you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, it's really a couplet that water and Spirit are one and the same. Who would have known? And how we know that is, is actually, it's, it is in fact a, a couplet. Because if you read on, and I wouldn't, we, we cannot divulge into the nitty gritty or the details of Genesis in this episode. But let me, let, let's, let's take a look at something in Genesis in particular. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says the Spirit of God is moving, hovering, or brooding over the face of the waters. And then it says, 
God said, let there be light, and there was light. But if you scroll down, yeah, we are scrolling down to... Now, remember Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the prior episodes, we referred to the fact that create, the word, the Hebrew word bara, that means create, actually means to fatten. Yes. Which is used of animals when they are made fat, when they eat a lot. To fill, you fill the animal. So the idea here is God fill the heavens and the earth. Yes, yes. You remember, amen. Sure. Right. So let's go to verse 20. All right. Of the same narrative. And this is what it reads. Pay attention. Then God said, let the waters swarm and abundantly produce living creatures and let birds soar over the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. So in verse 20, what we see is God says, let the waters. Now, verse 21 is written from the perspective. Both, both verses are written in the form of a couplet. We're going to read those three verses, 21, 20, 21, and 22. And you realize that those verses are written in the form of a couplet. Pay attention. And being written in the form of a complex, it is reflecting the first verse of Genesis chapter 1, which is God filled the heavens and the earth. In these three verses, what it reflects is God filled the the, the Spirit of God filled the waters. Right? Which is what Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 is saying. The earth was formless and void of waste and emptiness and darkness upon the face of the deep. Which means the earth and the waters were void of something that Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 is saying God is, 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 is going to fill. So you read verse 20 and it says, yes. Then God said, Let the waters swarm and abundantly produce living creatures. Now the waters in itself cannot produce anything if it does not have life in it. If it does not have the spirit in it. It says, let birds soar over the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. Verse 21, God created the sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. Which is actually identifying that God speaking to the waters is God speaking to God, which is God's spirit. You seeing that? Yes, I'm seeing that. So the waters and God is pretty much being referred to as a couplet here. And then verse 22, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful, multiply and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So verse 20 and 21 is really showing that the waters and God are one and the same, which is what verse 3 is saying, that God saw that the earth is formless and void. And verse 3 and it says, God saw, God said, let there be light, is indicating that God filled the earth with spirit. The spirit of God was moving, and God said, let there be light. So light was really removal of darkness, which is removal of void, waste, and emptiness, and formlessness. So, so, so what Jesus is referring to, let's go back to John chapter 3. What Jesus is technically referring to is that the water and the spirit are one and the same. Does that make sense so far? 
Makes sense so far. Water and right, spirit. So let's go back to Genesis. One and the same. So let's go back back to um to John? Genesis chapter three. I'll give some oh, context Genesis? to that. Okay. Sorry, John John chapter three. Yeah. Okay, I'm after John chapter three. Let me just my I've better back to John chapter three. So what we're looking at there is the fact that the water and the spirit is definitely a couplet that Jesus is referring to. And so he is referring to the Genesis narrative. He is not referring to being baptized by water. Not at all. So he says if, if water and spirit is couplet. Exactly. So he says, How can I, how can a man be born when he is um, when he is old? Now, there are two things that I want to, 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 to make very clear here in this excerpt. Number one, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Well, Jesus didn't tell him that he's wrong. But Jesus gives some more specificity to what he's saying. He says, Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Now, what Jesus is making reference to is the same spirit that was hovering over the surface of the waters that is a couplet with water now. It's filled with waters. That same spirit was breathed into the Adam. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So it's breathed into the Adam and in breathing into the Adam, the Adam was by default Everything that God said, his blessings, was breathed into him. And the Adam was living, inspired by that, by the, by what was breathed into him. Okay. As his nature and his functionality, his capacity. When Adam made the decision to choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he switched his nature and became as we have mentioned many times in the previous episodes, he became codependent. Which means that he was no longer... So, before I say that, he became codependent and he became codependent by listening to another voice. He was not inspired by what was breathed into him. He was inspired by the voice of something external. Now, Eve listened to the serpent and was inspired by that. And then Adam listened to that. Adam listened to that and was inspired by that and then they ate from the tree. And Adam now began to use the tree as a reference point for who, for who he is. And as we mentioned before, compared himself to the tree and reckoned that if the, if the tree had leaves, then the tree had to be clothed. And therefore, the, if he didn't have leaves, he had to be naked. So he clothed himself with leaves. Now, in mentioning that, what we're looking at is Jesus is really saying that to be born of the water and of the spirit, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he can't enter the, ever enter the kingdom of God. What he is basically saying is that one has to be reborn or born again from the perspective of what God has breathed into you and abandon the external reference points. 
which is pretty very much, simple. Which is pretty much referring to the tree of life again. It kind of sounds complex at first mm-hmm. when you read it, and it sounds like Jesus is answering in this kind of code <laughs> without having right. knowledge of the Genesis narrative. It can come across a little bit codish. Like, you know, he's trying to say something, we're not trying to say something. And yeah. mm-hmm. now that you have made the the reference to the comparison to the Genesis narrative, it 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 it's like a puzzle piece that fits in comfortably to where it belongs. It just lights the whole picture. Yeah, and that's simply because we have been reading that without understanding the reference point from which he is talking. So it's speak it's from it sounds like Greek to us. Exactly. We, we do know we but if we look at the Genesis narrative from the perspective of how Jesus understood the Genesis narrative and these Pharisees were understanding it. Obviously, because the Pharisees, he's holding them responsible. He's holding Nicodemus responsible to understanding the scriptures, which means there was a common perspective. Ah, right. All right. That makes sense. He wouldn't be speaking the way he's speaking. Exactly. He wouldn't be speaking to him as he's supposed to know if they did not have a common understanding of scripture and a common understanding of Genesis narrative. So he, he, he then goes on to... So basically what I'm saying, if you look at that, it's basically he's saying that you have to be reborn into the self-existent perspective and abandon the codependent perspective. Be reborn into the tree of life and abandon the tree of the knowledge of the subjective knowledge of what is functional and, and functional and dysfunctional. And to walk in the tree of life is to take into, into is to walk and to live now by what is God's perspective of what is functional and dysfunctional. And it's interesting. Which, Sorry. Which is which is what is pretty much was pretty much breathed into the Adam. What God's what what God's blessings and what God said was breathed into him, and he became the embodiment of that. You were saying? I was saying it's interesting how he referenced um, that birth, that rebirth, and he draw a parallel with experiencing the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, through that being born of the spirit experience. Um, yeah, it's the same thing in the Genesis narrative when you look at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With the Garden of Eden and Adam's experience in the garden, and then when he made his choice, he was put out of the garden. He could right. no longer experience what we will no, call the kingdom. No, he can no longer experience the kingdom. Now, what confirms that is that Jesus goes on in other excerpts, even in in Luke, and he says that the kingdom of God is in you. Therefore, we do know for certain that he's saying. When I say one of the water and the spirit cannot ever enter the kingdom of God, if the kingdom of God is in you, then this is not some geographical location where you enter. No. It's really coming back to self-existent living. By living, by what has been breathed into you. Now look at the next line. Which puts it even further. It says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What is Jesus referring to? When Adam made started to refer to something external of himself as a point mm-hmm. of comparison right he became born of the tree <laughs> no? yes he so, did so if for example if we are using the word of god as our reference point we become the living word 
what that also applies most people don't take into consideration that if you're being inspired by what god says you become the living word the living word of god but if you're using something else as a reference point whatever that is you become the living version of it in the garden mm -hmm. adam used a tree as a reference point and he became the living tree so he went and he began to find himself amongst trees because he became a living tree in other words he has given the tree life so his body is now the image and likeness of the tree <laughs> I mean, he, he became the image and likeness of the tree and it's the same thing that we do in our society where we use money for other reference point what you're really doing is becoming the living the living money and so someone money, speaking to status. you Exactly, whatever it is, you become the living version of it. And, you, and people speaking to you is pretty much speaking to that reference point in a living version. You have, the, you have been made in a way that you can animate and bring to life whatever you're using as a reference point. I know it's quite interesting that when we do that, we tend to justify it or make reasons to validate it. So like of the person course. who is the embodiment of money would center their life around it everything and they they must justify it. It. <laughs> they must justify it or validate it because that is what is giving them life exactly and when they justifying it what they're really doing is justifying their identity and validating their identity so you're stating then indirectly that they're actually forming their own identity or from money or from whatever reference points yes they're actually using their reference points as the point of comparison for identity that's why in the presence of it they feel life and they feel strength but the absence of it they feel depressed mm -hmm. they feel they feel all the negative emotions right because Anxiety. they're using the reference points yeah they're using the reference point to determine their potential and the limitations so in the absence of it they're limited in the presence of it and the the presence of it determines their potential according to how much of it that they have. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. So so it says that which is one of the flesh is flesh, which means anything that you're referring to externally, you are now become you've actually now subjected your flesh to be the living image of it, image and likeness of it. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if you're referring to this to what has been breathed into you, then you're born of the spirit. Now, there's something very interesting that for all our listeners to understand is that this is also seen in the Genesis narrative. When Eve listened to the serpent and Adam listened and they made a decision, God made God actually started to refer to them as the seed of the serpent, which mm. means that they were born of the serpent by listening or using the serpent as a reference point. They were born of the serpent. And then Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, to, to members of the Pharisees, he said, he actually says, he literally says that your father's the devil. What he's indicating is that you're born of the devil. <laughs> you know, in our society and something like that would be offended. Like, take it personal. Yeah, wh and when... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. according to what they understood now when someone said that in their time in that era where they knowledge that they all were operating and it would have been understood automatically they would have understood 
that um the history behind what is being said basically mm. right yeah so in our society if jesus was around in our society and jesus jesus turn around and tell you your generation of vipers what are you speaking <laughs> about there you say you're born of the serpent yeah that's what you're saying isn't it? you're born of the flesh you're born of the serpent <laughs> you're listening to satan your your perspective is very serpentish it, it comes from the serpent it, it is not self-existent it is codependent who wants a serpentish perspective <laughs> i know not the i and <laughs> i'm sure our beloved patrons and our listeners don't want that either definitely definitely not so if, so let's read on in verse 7 it says do not be surprised that i have told you you must be born again now notice that jesus is saying be born again now, being born again here means being born, coming into the world as though you are now in the world again. Now, Nic- that's why I'm saying Jesus didn't say that Nicodemus is wrong. He's just saying that Nicodemus is looking at it from the, the same perspective, the same concept. He's looking at it from a fleshly perspective. Whereas Jesus is looking at it from the spiritual perspective, which is a self-existent perspective. So when he tells him, he says be born again he's saying technically telling nicodemus what you're saying is correct but you're looking at it from the from the earthly perspective and not Uh. really and not really from what it really means which is what are you using as your reference point what are you using as your point of comparison is it he's saying be born again meaning abandon now notice it means to be born into the world again. It does not mean try to fix your perspective. Man, tell flesh. me something. <laughs> I bounced my head on that for some time. It did not say try to fix the flesh perspective. The flesh perspective, which is the codependent perspective, cannot be fixed because the entire identity is based on using the external reference point mm-hmm. as its law and its principle you cannot fix that you have to get rid of it so a new birth means yeah starting afresh new mind relearning every single thing from the The spirit's perspective from the spirit's perspective what to try to fix the fleshly perspective or the identity of the flesh it's the same way as trying to take an apple tree not killing the apple tree not removing the apple tree and trying to take um, pieces of a grapevine because you want a grapevine and try to fit it and graft it into the apple tree. You are not go- ever going to have a grape a grapevine like that. Mm-hmm. What you will have is a mixture of something, which means you're technically trying to mix your wine. You're mixing exactly. the old and the new. And you're and never that's... going to have new wine. <laughs> which means that you have to abandon that perspective because the nature of that perspective is based on the reference point. You have to abandon it and be born into the world as though it's the first time you're in the world and you're seeing it through God's perspective. This is actually what it means to be born again. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is how you experience the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah, you begin to you begin to come into self-existence. So if you use flesh for codependency and spirit for self-existence basically you need to 
abandon the codependent perspective, that whole codependent identity and everything that, that, that every thought that comes with it and begin to see life through the principle or the fundamental of the self-existence as though you've, you're the first time back in the earth. That's why Paul says, you're born of the light, live as those native born to the light. Not as though you're trying to fit light into your, into your already existing perspective. He mm-hmm. says, live as those native born to the lights, as though you have, that's the only thing that you know. You come into the world like that. And, and here's how Jesus confirms it. He says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound. But you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. What Jesus is saying is that it is self-existent. The wind functions self-existently. It does not depend on anything to go from one thing to the next. And those who are born of the Spirit are like that. They are not influenced by external factors. They self-existently move. Which means it doesn't matter the external or the environment or the external the external circumstances, they move by what has been breathed into them internally, which is everything, every blessing in the Bible, everything that God said has been breathed into them and they live from that, not external. So in other words, what I'm saying is that to be born again is to be born into self-existence and literally come in, look at begin, you treat that as though you have now been born into the world again, and you're seeing it through the principle of the spirit, the principle of the self-existent. Awesome. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That's that is That's exactly we... what we need. <laughs> That's exactly what we need to um spiritually transform our lives. Breaking it down like like how you did there. I'm sure it's going to be very, very helpful. For our listeners. Well, be born into self-existence. Reboot your identity. That's what it is, then. Resurrect. To be born again to, or to resurrect. It's technically the same thing. You die to the former reference point and you resurrect to the new reference point, which is the principle of the self-existence. Reboot your biblical perspective. Reboot your identity. Tell them, Kelly. Reboot. <laughs> 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 reboot from codependence into self-existence self-existence yeah. spirit you are right be born of the spirit reboot into the spirit be born of god be born of the spirit so to our dear listeners and spiritual goal patrons we very much encourage you to please comment in the comment section and let us know what your takeaways are from this particular episode your feedback how this affects your paradigm if it gives some clarity to that and let's hear your questions in the upcoming episodes we will definitely approach we will definitely approach your questions and bring answers to your questions yeah this is rebooting biblical perspective push the power button shut it down push the power button again and restart it rebooting biblical perspective <laughs>